It's a daily talk show episode 383. <laughs> you were really searching for that number. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. Uh, and we have guest number 99 on the show, mm-hmm. Belinda, Belinda Wall. It's going to do a hand action. Yeah, just, just pump it. Um, yeah, so um, thanks, for Dill, for delivering that no fact about Guest no 99. Uh, so, cool. Belinda, we first met when Andrea Clark was in the building. Correct. And you are the brand, like you do a bunch of brand stuff. You got brand am- amplified. Mm-hmm. How did you, um, how did you connect with Andrea? Andrea reached out to me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, slid in, slid sl- into the DMs. <laughs> the DMs. Uh, and said, hi, I am looking for someone to help me take the brand and the business to the next level. Yeah. Um, I think she was about, or career CEO would have been, I'm going to say like four, about four years in, um, and had gotten, gotten the business to a level where she thought, okay, this is, you know, we've got, we've got serious traction here. We've got momentum. Um, but I know that my marketing comms and the way I'm basically positioning myself in the market is really not where it needs to be, or it's not up to scratch. Um, so I'd love someone to come in and sort of take that to another level and to sort of take that off my plate, et cetera. Let's, let's catch up. Let's have coffee. Um, and it's funny cause Andrea is someone that I, as, as is the case with a lot of TV or ex TV news journos, I knew her face straight away. Yeah. <laughs> From the oh, telly. Where does this, yeah, the telly back in the day. Um, and But I, I couldn't quite, I think probably I did a bit of stalking as well. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Career CEO. Um, so we caught up for coffee and she told me all about um, career CEO. So definitely one of my favourite things to do with brands. Yeah. And, um, and new clients and prospective clients is just that initial coffee meeting where mm. you know, you pretty much have a blank canvas. Yeah. And it's that first opportunity to go, okay, how how are they going to be able to articulate or are they going to be able to articulate? Yeah. Like what what is it that you do? I was like, just thinking. Tell me about your business. It's such a – I feel it's such an adult conversation, like an adult um, – so I was thinking about how much I love talking about branding and the shit we talk well, just about. Just talking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's <laughs> it's such an adult thing to be thinking like, yeah, I love branding. Um, I mean, this is what you do for a living. You, yeah. You've really niched into that. <laughs> we kind of go in between silliness and, and brand stuff. Yeah. Mm. But, um, I mean, th- what you're talking about is like it's essentially a podcast you could record, that first interaction with yeah. Yeah, yeah, anybody yeah. who yeah. is wanting to, in you know, yeah. uh, amplify their brand. Yeah, for sure. What, yeah. Are you f- what are you looking out for? Well, not even those- amplify, just going, what is this thing? Yeah. Like, well, I've got an idea. So if they haven't even identified – because Josh and I were talking earlier, we were saying – whether you like it or not, you have a personal brand. Mm-hmm. For sure. Now there's just a label for it. I think mm-hmm. probably years mm-hmm. ago it was just you being a human. <laughs> yeah. But now we see it as currency, which it is. Yeah. Right? It's like the promises. Like we talk about the promises on our show. <laughs> yeah. And it's all of those things add up to a character, which is then a personal brand. For so sure. people know that when something's happening in the show, they can actually choose your own adventure, guess what's going to happen based on the personal brands or characters uh-huh, that we've, uh-huh. we've created. Yeah, we've, yeah. we've done a little thing on this where we go around the room and say um, what who, the person we want to be. I want to be the guy that I want to be the so woman So what, what do you want to be known for? Yeah, it's, it's yep. essentially what do we want yeah. to be yeah. known for yeah, yeah, yeah. or remembered for, which yeah. I know that's that's one of the questions that you ask. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, um, you know, that I guess you're sort of getting at things like legacy, like what, what do you want to leave behind? What do you want to be known for? Mm. What? Or why do people come to you? Mm. Or why would you love, like in in an ultimate world, in the in the best case scenario, what would be that phone call? Mm. You know, what what's that thing that you 
you know, when you're spitballing on something that you feel like, oh, I'm in the zone. I'm in my sweet spot here. Mm. I love talking about this stuff and I feel like I'm the right person to answer their call mm. um, and have that conversation. And so, you know, what am I the authority on? Um, so it is a lot about, you know, what do I want to be known for? And therefore, you know, if I'm not that now, if I'm not that thing now, if I'm not that person now, how am I going to get there? Mm. So quite often those at first conversations can be, you're right, they can have a, a you know, fully fledged business r- up and running, which Andrea certainly did with Career CEO. Um, and it can be about really kind of taking it to the next level or sharpening it up or going, okay, this is this is the assets we've mm. got um, and these are our kind of proof points or this is the story that we've got here. Now let's just amplify it. Yeah. Do you think people are um, – I've always thought – strategic wise yeah some people are more um naturally strategic intuitively strategic yeah when it comes to branding do you think some people are just more in in tune with what it actually means all these things like what we're talking about we're really dissecting yeah yeah, yeah. thinking about what you want to be known for it's like i think some people just Mm. strong-headed in that direction as it is what's your experience dealing with lots of people that are wanting to you know, yeah, I think identify the brand. A lot of it, there's a few different things. I think um, some people naturally have um, a niche, right, or um, a stronger point of differentiation in the market. So they're just they're just quite unique individuals or brands or um, products. So they just have an, I guess, an innate ability to cut through, and people can kind of gravitate towards them more, or people see them more, or um, identify them more. Um, whereas for other people, and this is, you know, when we, we come back to authenticity, when we're talking about branding is, mm. is a big thing, is that um, you can definitely, guys, I guess, curate a brand um, and curate a story and kind of reverse engineer a, a brand around a product in a way. Um, well, I think it's uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? And mm. so brands that have done it amazingly, mm you know, where they kind of stumbled into it yeah. yeah, and then they're like, oh, we're onto something. Let's go hard here. Mm. Yeah. But then when you try and then dissect it. You can ruin it. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, yeah. If you dissect it and then try and use that approach on a new product or a new yes. brand, it's yes. like it probably, it, yes. there's a high chance it won't yeah. work. Yeah. So I think a lot of it does come down to um, sometimes it's luck, absolutely luck, like, yeah. you know, right product, right time. Um so I'll give you an example. I, I suppose in in um, in my earlier career, if you did a bit of stalking, two um, X you. That's right. Two times you or oh, two X you. Yeah, here we is, go. Yeah, this is the big question. What do you think? What do you think, gents? Um, I think it's two X you. The X something around um, the chromosome. Well, I I told oh, I, I was so bad telling a, conspiracy. Jimmy was telling me a conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is why when you have friends like conspiracy <laughs> Jimmy, it gets real dark. All I will say is the barista in Shepparton, his <laughs> his uncle owned two two X U two times U. I don't know, but he's got a private jet, and I, I <laughs> literally when it was amazing. I went into this cafe like Shepparton, two and a half hours away. Or whatever. I'm interested because I know the and three he, brothers, and he yeah. and he said, um, I I was like, what did you do last night? He's like, I was in Adelaide. What do you mean you're in Adelaide? He's like, yeah, I flew over. Well, on that was what jet. Blew. We went to a concert and then we came back. Yeah, last night. I mean, the Adelaide bit one, isn't crazy. Oh, I'm, night, sta- I'm starting yeah. to question the, question the old of mate the barista yeah, because yeah, yeah. I know the three founders. Does one of them have a jet? No, they do not. No jets. Wow. Now no I'm going to say t- I'm going to say mate. I'm going to say two times. I'm going to say two times you. Okay, and why? Well, based on the 
the product helps you elevate yourself to a level of two times performance. Oh, Josh, mm. put on the head. That's how, yeah. So, yeah, two times you. So One of us human, had to be wrong. Human yeah. performance multiplied. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I cannot tell you the number of, and the Americans say, to buy you. To buy you. Oh, to buy you. How do you get buy by X? By you, mm. To buy, yeah. I don't know, maybe, do they say buy with as in six by three? Oh, yeah. Or do they say 210U? What are, the, what are they saying, Canada? X being 10? Would you say 2X, two times, yeah. two by? I would, say two, I would say two times you. Have you okay, heard great. of this brand? No. Yeah, not, right. not until Never. coming here anyway. deal. Canada, <laughs> Canada, always a good market. Um, <laughs> and... Sorry, so we we digress, but yeah. um, I did stalk and I saw you worked there for six years. Yeah, about oh, about seven and a half. You're mess. Yeah, two times. The real question is, what's two times six? Can you just? <laughs> I just want to be sure here. Can you see it was six and something? Look, oh look God, on a, I'm going to be wrong. Look now. on a LinkedIn because it does the math for you. Oh yeah, that's that's a great I, thing about it. Could LinkedIn. be six and a half. You gave me too You're much right. credit saying I actually would do math. <laughs> well, what I'm Maybe I've, I've just had my story all wrong here. I mean, how how much uh, how much difference was there between that oh, those life years. Oh, versus now? Life. Yeah, right. Um, massive, mm. less absolutely active, incredible. Less like, active where now? <laughs> oh my god! So I guess back to the back, you know, back to my day in days in lycra. There was a yeah. lot of lycra flying around here. A lot of triathletes. It was it was an unhealthy time. A lot of jet planes, Adelaide. A lot of that sort of stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bullshit baristas, hey, to be was, honest. But there was three three trips to the Hawaii Ironman, which I that oh. was phenomenal. Okay. That was yeah. incredible. Um, brilliant career chapter, but I had numerous emails mm. from friends or friends of friends copying another person saying. Belinda, we've been having this debate at the, at the pub, you know, for the last six weeks, and I really need you to tell Jimmy that, you know, what is it to buy you or to XU? It's not a conspiracy. It would come up again and again and again. But we actually, you know, was that we your sat job in Brand? Like, were, were you, was, were you we responsible? We sat around numerous times yeah. and said, do we do a campaign around this? Or, mm. um, but every time it was flat stick, no, you've got to let people have their own conversations yeah. and mm. it's a talking point. So if you hear someone talking about your brand in the pub, Two, two guys having a conversation, two cheeks, whatever. Let them go for it. Oh, mate, it's a tick. You, there's, you're being spoken of. But Absolutely. The, and there's also the thing of there's probably more power in allowing people to apply their own yeah, story or narrative story. to it. Yeah, yeah like for that's, sure. That's even stickier. Sure. So I guess like a br- how important is that to have a brand that has one specific story that's universal yeah. versus having a brand that plays different stories to different audiences. That can play. Yeah. Oh, that kind of malleability. I mm. think um, I think there's actually, you know, pluses and minuses to both yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing better than a strong story, of yeah. course. Okay. And so that was the idea behind Two Times You mm-hmm. is it's supposed to be literal human performance multiplied. So we, we make the gear that makes you be two times better than you are now mm-hmm. or it's based on the insight that everyone wants to be better than they are now. Right. So that's mm-hmm. why we go to the gym. That's why we just keep going and going and push ourselves or what have you. Um, and, you know, back to your question, mm-hmm. which was, um, you know, whether you should have something. I think that was a strong story, but ultimately people can interpret it in the way that they want to. So mm-hmm. I think there's got to be room for creative interpretation yeah. with the brand because that's what makes it ultimately aspirational. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to have a critical connection with the audience or the ability to connect with the yeah. I think that's the most important thing. But, um, you know, also to go back to, I think we were asking Tommy around, um, you know, right time, right place and, mm. you know, in terms of launching a brand and what sticks. At that 
in those formative years of two times you. Um, and it's interesting because in my new life now, I've had a, a you know a lot of um, opportunities to start working with another sports brand or another you know company that wants to launch a, a line of like or something. Um, Are they saying they want to be as big as there's always these companies Lululemon and. Um, there's always an aspiration, I think. Yeah. Like they've seen what a lot of people have done in that space mm. and done very well. Um, I think the tricky thing for me is that when I look at potential clients or clients that wanting to enter a really aggressive space that has a lot of players, you know, it's a really cluttered space. Mm. But, you know, when we first um, launched Two Times You or really went hard with Two Times You, there was exceptional success, you know, over the years that I was there. Um, the growth was over a thousand percent and it was massive. There was probably around a handful of stores in Australia when we started and we were distributing into over 85 countries around the world by the time I left the business. So, um, huge, huge growth and and really successful story for an Australian brand. So really, really exciting. Um, but to a degree, you know, was it just right place, right time? Mm. There was no one doing high performance like her then, Mm. um, and, and definitely no one that was operating in that pointy end and Lycra really wasn't cool then, you know. You know, we talk about the, the yummy mummies yeah. pushing prams in Lycra mm. that don't necessarily exercise. But yeah. <clears throat> um, So they were, they were really on that wave. Um, so at times you can be lucky and be on a wave. Um, you know, you, you look at there's a lot of brands out there now that are riding that, that wellness wave and the wave of influencer marketing and – um, are you skeptical based on you seeing you being part of a different wave and seeing how it ends up going? Um, as in new. Well, I guess that there is <coughs> the thing with waves is they, I guess they're, they're coming and they're going mm. and it's sort of, it doesn't necessarily, because there's a wave so now. Fads, it doesn't, yeah, exactly. Basically. Yeah. I'm always skeptical yeah. fads. Mm. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I mean. The cynic at heart, anyway. Yeah. So. Well, I've seen like some of those, you know, those acai bowl places. Yeah, yeah. Like I saw one on Gumtree. Acai <laughs> or acai? We could even Actually, acaya. I think is, I think cafe menus are fascinating. Yeah. Well, right? the, so, the the acai trend, or however you say it, superfoods. Superfood yeah. trend. Right. Yeah. People opened, you know, franchise after franchise. I saw one on Gumtree for 150 grand. Was it Asai Brothers Brighton? A whole cafe, not just yeah, the bowl. Yeah, the whole, yeah, the whole, the whole, <laughs> no, yeah. No, no, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get it confused with how expensive the bowls yeah, are yeah. To, be, yeah. to start with. Yeah. But, yeah, that is interesting. What about burgers, donuts? Like there's all yeah. these trends. Like I tried to find a donut in Melbourne the other day. It was a genuine donut that wasn't well, vegan? Yeah, but not or only that, but trying to also, also yeah. just trying to find. Yeah, exactly. The, so many had closed down, like these donut places yeah, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. just like. Saturated. Yeah. And how many times, like I know that Tommy and I will constantly be walking down streets. Looking for donuts. (laughs) Looking for donuts, but also thinking about like putting the lens of business owners that know Mm. how much leases cost, how much shit, and just being like, how the fuck are any of these businesses actually operating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that does, you know, that that flows into in terms of fads Mm. or trends is – Australia's startup culture, mm-hmm. like we are startup mad. Um, I think startup's an interesting word. Um, I was working with a client recently and we were talking about um, and they're, they're a business that are focused on uh, what we call the growth um, growth phase of, of businesses. So mm-hmm. they actually mentor and work closely with businesses that have broken through those startup years and they're, they're a legit business. So they're operating in the, the ilk of, 
you know, probably, you know, 50 mil plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and really in those bulky growth years and, and kind of working with them to scale, um, potentially on a pathway to securing equity or investment and so forth. Um, but we were talking about, you know, what is what does startup actually mean? Mm-hmm. Like isn't everyone a startup at the start? Yeah. Or does a startup just mean I think everyone everyone likes to launch a business and say I've got a startup. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, how many startups? I think a lot of a lot of businesses dangerously like to start their own venture, and there's so many forums and, mm. and um, events now to say, "Come along and hear about how to run your own business and put your business on social media and to, um, you know, Instagram your way to success, etc." Um, a lot of people think that, well, okay, I'll just build a website and I'll put myself on Instagram and I've got a, a product that's okay and everything will kind of just fly from there. They think about maybe I've got the money to maybe make the first couple of years succeed, mm-hmm. one to two years, and then once I've got the income revenue coming in, it's going to fly. Well, it's like it's s- really expensive, yeah. like especially online now, mm. um, digital marketing to compete because it's so noisy. But it's also, I think, that it's turned into a status play or a status symbol to... I've got a side hustle. Yeah, I've got a side hustle. I've got a startup or Mm -hmm. even podcasting has become an accessory. You know, I've got a podcast. And so... uh, And that begs the question. I mean, what about... So is this... What would you call call this, guys? Is this your side hustle? It's a big media company. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. (laughs) No, I think think for us us it's... um, we we definitely see this as a media brand that we're building that's yep. beyond that's beyond a podcast. Yep. We've also done some redefining mm. of of what this means for us. Mm. You can easily see it at the start. And I think, you know, we've spoken to someone that went to a you know, that they're in the media and they're quite successful. And yep. they went to a course where the course said to them, mm. uh, you know, they they were basically saying, working out how to determine whether this is just a hobby or not. Yeah. Whereas right. I didn't like that thinking from that teacher and, mm-hmm. how, you know, how you identify because it's just a reframing, right? We could think this is mm-hmm. a hobby or we could take it seriously and have it as just an integral on. part yeah. of our day yeah, where yeah, we yeah. show up and it just becomes. And so if we end yeah. up focusing on it each and every day and it beca- and we work around it, you know, we have other things that we do. So mm-hmm. it just becomes a piece of our day. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, which is what it is. It's yeah. another lever leave, leave, in your toolkit. Really, yeah, exactly. Basically. Yeah. I, I guess also <clears throat> because we're skeptical with the fact that that we that there are people that are just coming out with podcasts and doing mm. all this sort of stuff. Mm. It's like, how do we call bullshit at bullshit on ourselves mm. in thinking that this is just an accessory for us? Mm. So it's like, for us, it's about okay, we're committing to ten years and we're doing all of these things to make sure that it's like. It actually isn't just a fad. Yeah, we're not just trying to wa- ride a wave and then saying, "Okay, we're going to go on to the next yeah. thing." Yeah, which um, and I guess that's a mix of that technology where it's like that minimum viable product. So mm. it's like just get out there and mm. start making. Mm. But then also have the in the back of our mind, how can we start to build things? How yeah. can we, so yeah. you can look at it today and go, "This is in no means minimum viable product." Yeah, but. A year and a half ago when we were using two USB microphones, it was. And so yeah, it feels yeah, like. Bootstrapped it. Yeah. I think as well, if you look at the bigger equation, there's a, um, you know, there's a, a lot of sort of thought around things like um, parallel brands, you mm. know. And if you think there's there's quite a lot of brands going on here. You know, there's there's the Daily Talk Show. There's you two. Mm. You've got your personal brand and so do you, yeah. Josh. And then, you know, upstairs you've got another brand. Yeah. Um, so I think but they all are working to complement each other. 
um, and they're all sort of they're all functioning in parallel, so they all make sense. So they're all serving as proof points for the other brand, and they're complementing each other. So it makes sense, yeah. and they're value adding the other into the other brands as well. So it's not like it's something that's just a side hobby that's not giving greater value to you hmm. as a professional and a I guess a, a separate personal brand in itself. And it's not giving not giving value to the other businesses that are running upstairs. Yeah, I mean, how many people have a side hustle and they call it that because it gives them the comfort of not going all yeah, in right. on it, yeah. right? Yeah. So you go, this is a side hustle. It's what I'd love to be doing, but you know, I've got this other thing I do. It yeah. can be a, I guess, it can be a pacifier mm. from mm. like the. And I remember I went through. <laughs> I wrote this. I, I'm really curious to know about your transition from employee. Mm-hmm. Uh, to running your own business, to running yeah. your own business yeah. because I think that for me it's all there's always been such a massive story wrapped wrapped up in it because mm. it's it's a soul it's a solo pursuit even if you've got a supportive network around mm-hmm. you you mm-hmm. go from having a bunch of colleagues and so there is that that sort of um, uh, perception around it what, yeah what was that like for you that that transition it was um, really challenging. Mm. Um, and how did it happen? So I suppose in my final, you know, there was a, there was maybe a couple of years when I knew that I wanted to get out of the business mm-hmm. that I was in at that point in time. And um, But I was so, it was such a big role. It was a huge role and it was so fast paced and I loved it so much that I just immersed myself in the work and that's kind of part the work and that I was operating in a sweet spot, but also part of the way I'm wired because yeah. you, know, you I was also myself into work. Were you also defined by your role? Like I think for those, like for 100%, big, big brands that 100%. are doing really well. When I was glo- living the brand. Like yeah. I was global, everything about it. When there's global at the start of your title. Yeah, it's exactly. Pretty <laughs> it's pretty big. <laughs> it's pretty big. And that's coming from the owner of a big media company yeah. as well. So it's a, we have global big media company. <laughs> yeah, we, we could there was no. It. There was no global jet though. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. So <laughs> well, we, that they was just um, the guy in Shepparton. Yeah, they just parked <laughs> yep. that in Shepparton. Yeah. And so, yeah, so what was that reframing for you then? So um, my point was I didn't even have the headspace to work out what, you know, I'm, I'm going to jump over and do that yeah. next big thing. Mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't really. And I think this is true of a lot of people that have a side hustle. Mm. Um, so actually I had about nine weeks annual leave banked in the system and I think I got to a point where um, something happened and I was like, actually, that's, you know, that's nail in the coffin. Yeah. I'm, I'm out. I've resigned. But, you know, I've got nine weeks annual leave. And mm. my partner was really supportive. He just said, just just do it. Just get out and take a break. You actually know, do need a break, you know. And I was like, yeah, actually, okay, I do. Um, Does it I, have to be a catalyst? Like the thing that I've always found is whenever exiting a business mm. and maybe this is my personality, mm. But it's never just this like nice transition of like, oh, I've decided that I'm leaving. Yeah, it's yeah. always like Molotov this cocktail pers- in hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, there is. Yeah, with, look, let's be honest. Bridges, some shit went down. Yeah, yeah. And that's like I think that that is a universal thing that maybe isn't spoken about enough because everyone wants to. It never looks good when yeah. you're going from one thing to another thing. Uh, to be, it feels like it rubs off on you, yeah. right? And yeah. so there is a sense of like, okay, I'm going to reframe this. I'm going to ignore totally. these sorts of things. But I guess. What we everyone has a moment where they're like mm, done. Yeah, like I think you know, there's a turning point where it's a non-negotiable. Yeah, like for you, like actually, and for me, I think I, I think I cried at work, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't cry at work. Yeah, and this isn't going to be a regular habit. So, 
Um, it was either stop crying or quit. So you just yeah, <laughs> it was it. It was it. It was it. And I and I, look, I had you know family members for for a while just saying, it's, you know, you should probably yeah. finish up. Mm-hmm. Um, so you took that, jumped out, and had that time. But I I, I never remember. I was never job job hunting. Mm. I just I was so I think I was absolutely burnt out. And I just was not in the headspace and I just didn't have an interest to jump into a similar role. So it didn't take long, maybe like took a couple of weeks. And I thought, actually, you know, I'm just going to do some consulting for a while. Um, and didn't take long just to spread across my network. And um, I think one of the most powerful things that I did in terms of working out what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be and how I wanted to position myself in the market was, all right, I should probably get a website up, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's one of the exercises I often put on people is to say, okay, well, if you needed to develop a website for yourself, if you needed to, um, whether you're a consultant or, you know, if we're just talking figuratively, um, what would it look like? What would, what would it feel like? What's the color scheme? You know, what would your tone of language be? Um, you know, what are your products, but then what's, what's your process going to be? And what's your secret sauce? You know, you talk about secret sauce in advertising a, a lot. Um, and you know, what's, what's that going to look and feel like? So that really, um, forced me to work out, okay, well, what are you going to offer? Mm-hmm. Um, and how are you going to position yourself and what kind of brands and clients are you going to be open to? Um, but I guess going back to your question, original question, Josh, I think it, it took me, it was really confronting because it made me realize that I, 90% of my world was work, mm. um, so once you get off and literally getting off the treadmill from being in that kind of fast-paced environment is to go Just to be how? clear, they actually had people on treadmills <laughs> no, while working at two times. No. Could you not? I'd walk out sometimes and in, in the back there'd be someone on a, um, on a uh, you know, like a – Exercise bike. Oh, just for te- sure. Just, just testing the new life. Just, <laughs> just training for Hawaii. Um, <laughs> sure. Um so it was it was a live and breathe culture. Yeah, like it yeah. was really immersive, which was, you know, what made it um brilliant. Um but it it took a while to go, okay, what's gonna be my new working rhythm? Mm-hmm. And no, I don't have to be at my laptop at that particular time every single day. And I don't have to leave the house at five thirty to go to the gym and then be mm-hmm. at work and have my breakfast at work and then, you know, get home late and, you know, it took it took months, probably yeah. like a year, mm. for me to be okay with a new groove of. I mean, you guys know what it's like for to live and work for yourself. Yeah. And I think the biggest um, learning for me is all around. I mean, I've always been quite a disciplined person, but is that self discipline to a next level to the point where you have to be totally across your well being and your workload and and what rules you're going to have for mm. yourself. Um, you know, a lot of responsibility, personal responsibility. Huge. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. empowering. And I think. But it's not for everyone. Definitely. Like you absolutely know. Definitely and I think not. that comes back to the whole, you know, people that are like, I've got a side hustle. It's like, well, is that, because I heard you guys speak recently on a, another podcast you were talking with Jordan. Um, uh, Jordan Michaelides. That's it. Yeah. And you were talking about um, hobbies. Mm-hmm. People don't really have hobbies anymore. Yeah. And it's so true. So like maybe this whole, my side hustle is kind of my hobby. Mm. Which is fine, um, which is great. But I think there's also a pressure that our hobbies have to have a value to them now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what are you doing that for? Like what's that contributing, you know, what's the what's the greater good of 
you just tinkering away at something mm. like that. Well, when th- do we have to call it a side hustle? Well, because then it becomes like a status play when we want to make money from the hobby because then other people are looking over and you're like, look at me, I'm making money yeah, out yeah, of the yeah. thing I do. Yeah. Mm. It's a yeah. funny one. But I think I think the personal brand stuff there's a is personal and there's a great it's there's personal development within the brand stuff. Mm. Like the website and you know, if you're not even looking at doing a business out of mm. it. It's like how what what's the substance of you? Yeah. Mm. What do you have to show for you? Like yeah. we're just vessels that if we don't talk, yeah, what's your you don't story? know anything, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. So it's like what's the in, inner workings of you and how can we see that visually and yep. read it and yep. listen to yep. it and yep. see yeah. I think and are you gonna have music or like, yeah. you know, what is it? Yeah, you know da, 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 da. <laughs> exactly. Is it gonna be totally yeah, you're gonna have Fireball. a soundtrack. Yeah. Well, is it going to be intense, you know, yeah. is it going to be, you know, bright and colourful or minimalistic or like hugely visual or mm. just, um, you know, lots of words or, you know, it, it can be a really powerful thing. And I think mm. a lot, it depends if you are a visual or verbal person mm-hmm. or, you know, that kind of stuff. So maybe maybe you don't, maybe it's not a website, maybe yeah. you're going to have a podcast or, um, you know, and again, that comes back to who your audience is and what your objectives are. Well, they they all come down to asking questions. Like I think Tommy and I are constantly sitting in meetings uh, with businesses and we're realising that the video we're making is a catalyst for them to sort their shit out <laughs> oh, at, a, yeah. at a much bigger scale. Yeah. It's yeah. like, okay, they, you could be doing, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of revenue, but you may not still know why the fuck you're doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's. And so you're iterating that. Yeah. You're iterating their brand for them as mm-hmm. you are producing something, which is actually really frustrating for yeah, you yeah. guys. I get that. And, and I work, um, I work quite often or closely with a couple of agencies, um, often PR agencies or um, creative agencies that um, have a client on retainer, for example, mm-hmm. and they might be a couple of months into a new engagement and going, you know what, we, yes, we've signed the client and, you know, yes, he's got a really healthy retainer, but we're kind of set up for failure here because mm. um, the client doesn't know who they are. Yeah. They don't know really who their audience yeah. is. Or what success looks like. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Or And ultimately the agency will bring ideas to the table and the client will just either be a yes client or just go, yep, 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 yep. You know, any news is good news or any placement mm-hmm. is good news or is good placement. Um, but then, you know, proverbial shit hits a fan when they get to the end of the 12 months and they go, well, our sales haven't lifted mm. or um, we've still got this whole product in, in the warehouse and it just hasn't moved or we've got no engagement around our social media or yeah. what's going on, like we've just spent all this money. And it's like, well, we never sat down and talked about what your brand actually is yeah. because you probably haven't spent the time to think about it um, and therefore who the audience is and therefore what, you know, what platforms should we be getting coverage on or who should we be influencing um, in order to really shift the needle. You think it's because it's a, it seems like a luxury for a lot of businesses? So a website, for instance, tangible, video tangible, mm-hmm. spending two days uh, in a workshop to work out branding, extremely important but harder from a tangibility point of view, it's it's not as external. Do you find that as a? It's not like a yeah, a physical asset. Yeah, it doesn't. You don't have the physical like they see like a lot of people will come to us knowing they want a video, mm. or and it's probably a similar accessory to that of having a podcast or whatever. It's based on this idea of our competitors are doing it, mm. or LinkedIn is promoting mm. video at the moment, so I need to be doing a video, but doesn't have that sort of substance have you got ways 
of sort of proof uh, points. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it's a good one around sort of case studies, for example. Mm. So, um, yeah, because people would come to you and say, "Oh, give me, give me some examples of the videos you've done." Right. So, mm. how how do I do that? So, there's a few different ways. Um, obviously, you know, showcasing the clients that I have worked with, but ultimately, it's the testimonials and word of mouth. I think that's where it really comes in, but um, it is tricky because, yes, there are. I'm not. I'm not going to say every single client has has taken what the work that I've done and run with it. Because mm-hmm. to a certain degree, you've got to hand that over and you've got to say, here's the here's the brand stuff, but it's only ever going to be as powerful as the way in which you interpret it and then run with it. It's like a psychologist or something, right? Yeah. Like it can be extremely valuable, if you, but yeah, it needs yeah. the, the person at the other end to be willing 100%. to actually... You need the implementers yeah. and you need the disciples within your business to start mm. leaving it and breathing it. Um, and it's not just a campaign. Like it's, you know, a brand a brand campaign is different from, you know, brand marketing is different from product marketing and mm. um, a campaign is different from a new brand and, and so forth. So um, how do I demonstrate that? I think... Ultimately, it is. It's a lot around that that word of mouth piece, and I, I never really go back to clients for a testimonial until, say, six months or twelve months down mm-hmm. the track, and say, you know what, um, and you know the ones to go to because you know they are just flying, and you know that 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 moment in time has been the turning point for them. Going, do you know what? Since that time, since we sat down and did that work, and we really articulated what we are and who we stand on and what we stand for and who we're chasing down, everything else in the business has become that much more efficient. Mm. Our decisions are that much easier. We've narrowed in on who we're chasing. Um, we've sharpened up our product line, et cetera. It just, it just has made that, that much more difference. Um, so you've always got to be careful about, you know, when is the right time because it does take time. It's not, you know, it's like old school PR. Your results aren't going to come in instantaneously. It's going to be, you know, at least a, a six months to 12 months. Um, so it's definitely not as easy and it does take that level of trust in the client to say you've got to own this ultimately and you've got to take it on you've got to start to um, bring everyone on the journey from your employees right through to um, your product, you know, your employee culture but then also product development and then um, your marketing, of course, you know, look and feel and aesthetics. Um but, you know, the truest and strongest brands are the ones that um, are living and breathing the brand through every single touch point. Mm. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tough challenge to come up with a set of values for a business that's already in existence to mm. then get your staff live and breathe these, right? Yeah. Because the values should actually be there. You know, essentially, like how many businesses have you gone into and you've seen on the, in the toilet? There's like yeah, yeah, yeah. your yeah. values. This yeah. is our values, our mm-hmm. principles. You know, it's like. Integrity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And th- so they just become words. And so mm. we've worked with a few companies that live and breathe. Like, you know, I think Invado, yeah. like that's a, mm-hmm. they've got some great values and they, yeah. and you see it and you don't even have to read the board. Getting you just talk back. to the people, right? <laughs> Definitely getting a kickback. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think they're, they're a success story in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yep. also the. It does come down to, like, say, with Invado specifically, it's like Josh worked there. Yeah, so I worked there, and so there was the found, <laughs> and they're a client now. The um, there's the founder level as well too, which is like I think you need to be able to like 
the culture and all that sort of thing needs to be steered. And I noticed that big things can happen, like things can go wrong within businesses and it's working out how how are people responding and reacting and all that sort of thing. And I Mm. feel like that's how a company like Envato has been able to keep their values because at every friction point, at every tension, that's where you really get to see the values in play as well. Mm, You're right. I think the tricky thing um, is you're right for businesses that have, that are quite successful, but have, have got a great culture and then you're like, Oh, hang on. In order to grow, we've got to make sure that we harness Mm. that culture and we Mm. own that culture and that brand. So how do we actually define it? Um, And there's been a lot, um, there's there's some great sort of um, thought leadership coming out more around how do you harness an existing culture that is um, a culture and brand and also how to tie in and manage um, internal cultures in tandem with brand because they're very much, very much hand in hand and that basically internal um internal culture and external brand are sort of really should be um complementing each other yeah. and absolutely um relevant um and congruent i suppose yeah um, i've worked in a business with a pretty toxic culture yeah, and it just yeah. it eats it's from the inside out mm-hmm. which is what culture is right it's the people mm. yeah and it's what everyone's feeling when they walk into the office mm-hmm. and that same business i spoke to someone i was like oh from the outside it kind of looked revamped and stuff. Mm. I said, to him, oh, mate, it's yeah. great. Um, New logo. <laughs> yeah, great. That, you know, it's that all the changes have. It's just, mate, it's still the same place, which is mm. the culture he's yeah. talking about. Mm. Yeah. That would be a hard <laughs> hard task to, yeah. to revamp that. Within like um, brand return on investment and the relationship between brand and ROI, mm. it feels like within communications and marketing, brand is one of those few line items that I feel like I've sat in meetings where executives have been okay to have a line item for brand Mm. without a specific ROI attached to it. As someone who lives in this space, do you think that there needs to be a bit of of that or do you think that that's a misconception on brand that it, it isn't something that you can sort of, that has that clear return on investment? I think... If done well, brand should really filter through every division and every department mm. of the business. So therefore, it's it's a really in- interesting question around, I mean, there are certain brand investments that you'll make that will be 100% brand, okay? Mm. So again, a brand advertising campaign as opposed to a product advertising campaign or a brand, um, yeah, brand push, mm. right? So you can go, okay, well, that's dollars put in brand bucket, um, other things will be, all right, business as usual brand. Like what are we going to do um, to be, to make sure that everyone is towing the line in terms of living and breathing the brand in terms of, you know, from, again, product development right through to creative um, and HR and you know, recruitment, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there, there needs to probably be an onus of responsibility shared across um almost like every division needs to, to pick up a bit of that mm-hmm. um, in addition to perhaps brand itself. So I think it probably could, in a, in a best case scenario, really should be spread across the, broad, yeah. the board. So how do you then well. measure, how do you measure something like that, do you think? It's a really good question. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately it depends on, again, what, what success looks like. Mm-hmm. So 
if say at the start of your particular year you go, okay, well, our goal for the brand is to really forge into or increase just overall awareness, right? Okay, so you could measure that through um, any kind of brand awareness or community awareness um, touch points or you could look at things like social media followings or, um, you know, followings on our latest brand podcast or what have you. <clears throat> um, or, you know, you could step back and, and also, you know, go back to, you know, what what is success? You know, what are we aiming for for the business? Are we, are we wanting to launch into a particular new product channel or a particular new, you know, market segment mm-hmm. in another country? Um, I think you've got to tie it back to what, what that particular goal is ultimately. So is um, there a reframing of brand? Is there something, is there a way of describing it? So based on goals, mm. I guess that could be very different, right? So say within a brand, if you were to do a workshop and realise that the employer brand or the perception of the people is a bit toxic or whatever, yeah, yeah, then yeah. there's a piece on that. The weirdness is that you could say, okay, the tool to fix that is we need to create uh, employer brand content. So say video content or yep. a, a website or whatever, a microsite that starts to highlight some of the positive things, but then it's not necessarily actually fixing, it's not fixing the root of the problem, which is that maybe people satisfaction within the business is low. Within that example, would that mean that you'd potentially have to, from a branding exercise, mm. if it's like we want to be, say, a great place to work, yeah. is it actually then starting at changing how they work? Like rather than it being any external communication mm. whatsoever, it's actually an internal thing? I think I'm trying to make sure I'm interpreting what you're saying yeah. correctly. As in the metric of success there. Yeah, well, I guess that, or it's like the tools that we have for brand. So yeah. if we have like all these, I think that I mean, most people would metric, think of yeah. like through webs, like you think about a, a website, yeah, or you yeah, think yeah. about doing a podcast, mm. or you think about the communication part the of it. The tools to actually The tools to do it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas it seems weird to think of a brand manager working out like fixing the situation in regards to uh, toilets or something like that, like an issue that's happening within the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Um, you know, is that like from a brand, from a workshop point of view, do you ever feel like that's the unsexy bit that ends up resulting in these workshops? I don't, I think it's, um, I think it's often would be one touch point in a bigger equation. Mm -hmm. So it's all about, again, your proof points Mm -hmm. and working towards that authenticity. So if a brand ultimately wants to position themselves as, um, an equal opportunity employer, mm-hmm. um, or wants to even be, you know, social conscious, um, social conscious brand or a brand focused on social impact or what have you. It's it's not going to be good enough to be seen and seen as doing things mm-hmm. out in you know remote communities without ultimately living a great culture or having a great culture internally mm-hmm. as well so i think it's what you were saying mm-hmm. before around yes you can be all shiny on the outside but if you go in and it's still a shitstorm then that's just not not going to fly mm-hmm. and ultimately it's going to unravel at some point and um you know whether that when or when where it happens um it doesn't really make a difference but i think strong 
strong brands get built from the inside and mm -hmm. their employees will be living that brand and it's got to be true at every touch point. Yeah. I think it's also understanding that your your employees are ultimately your brand amb ambassadors as well and, and they're also proof points of your brand. So it's no good, um, you know, obviously – inconsistency is would be a major issue for the brand yeah. but you've got to also know that um, all of your employees are ultimately your most powerful ambassadors they're out there advocating for the brand or not mm. um, they're they've all got their own LinkedIn profiles they've all got conversations happening at the water cooler but also at the pub that you know with their families um, they're either going to wear your product and use your product they're either going to be proud to say they they work for your brand or not um, you know, you can't put a muzzle on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Are you, um, the companies you're working with, are you seeing them invest in their staff's personal brand? Traditionally CEO and, you know, the CMO, the C-suite there. I think that's definitely, um, it's definitely having a lot more. Um, I think a lot of big businesses are investing in things like um, LinkedIn strategies, mm. um, thought leadership strategies, making sure they're training up a cohort of thought leaders or people within their organisations um, who are capable of supporting their brand strategy around being positioned as brand X. So it's like, okay, well, we want to, or we need to start producing more content around um, supporting us as a leader in X. Mm. Um, so therefore we need to make sure that our employees are you know, subject matter experts in these particular areas and, and, and are able to articulate themselves verbally in keynotes, mm. um, in, in industry conventions, et cetera, et cetera. So absolutely that is happening a lot more. Um, and I am, you know, I, I am going to be actually um, working with a couple, couple more brands in this new financial year around training up people to be able to articulate um, articulate themselves in order to support their businesses' objectives like that. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Well, you want them to be able to clearly articulate what the business does. Mm. It's well, because the business are just made up of people. Yeah, <laughs> and so mm. if you don't have the people talking, it's, yeah, it's a bit hard, isn't well, it's, it? Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's a little false. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think if you were to sort of if you're looking for a job, I mean, this is n not exclusive to people who are just wanting to do their own thing. But if you're looking for a job. And there was two people and one of them had a strong personal brand and the skill set and the other person just had the skill set. Mm. It makes sense who you'd end up going with, Well, right? what does a strong personal brand mean? Strong personal it, brand, whether, whether it is just elements that they are able to articulate of their personality mm. that resonate within the business. Yeah. So I think about it and, yeah, you're right, you could question that, but if you go this person seems, you know, um, Friendly, you might be able to search them up and see their past work. Mm -hmm. They presented mm -hmm. well. They've got a website, whether it be just a one page, um, you know, or something like that where they've just done a piece of work around this is who I am, this yeah. is what I have to offer. Mm. Maybe it doesn't even have to be confident. Maybe those aren't the traits that need to be shown on the day, but there is something outside of just here's my skill set. I can do the task. I think one of – yeah, you're absolutely right. I think there's a um, – one of the most powerful um, cases in point there is – in the old reference check, right? So mm. when you get a CV, someone wants to join your team, someone wants to join your business, um, you pretty much take all that stuff as a given, right? Everything that's written down on the page and you can go to people's LinkedIn profiles and have a look at what yeah. they've achieved in terms of their capability and their KPIs and the mm. projects they've worked on, et cetera. But ultimately what is going to make or break you getting that role is the conversations that are going to be had 
when the reference checks at, are done. Mm. And when I do a reference check, so if I'm going to call um, call Josh and mm. ask about you, um, Don't Tommy. Do Don't do that. <laughs> Bad idea. I'm going to say, no. so, so this guy, Tommy, um, <laughs> I'm not going to say, all right, well, on his CV it says, you know, he's achieved um, 50% growth over mm-hmm. the last six months and he's managed a team of 20. Is that true? Yeah, sure. Like, I'm yeah, not yeah. actually going to say that. But well, ask I'm about the say, competition I won in 2012. Exactly. So <laughs> I did win that. I did notice that yeah. he was involved in a pancake where, you know, eating competition. But Number one. can you tell me, like, is that something that he does often? Like, is yeah, he a sure. cu- culture-based guy? Uh-huh. Is he always answer someone it, that looks Josh, after the team? It's actually a question to you, mate. Please yeah. answer it. <laughs> what do you say? Uh, I would say, yeah, he did do a pan- pancaking, <laughs> pancake eating. See, I'm I fucked it. Pancake yeah. eating competition. He's a fun guy. I mean, what's the role? That's what I've been wanting <laughs> yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah, Where the yeah, fuck yeah, is he going? Yeah, because yeah. I've got this business with him. Yeah. Anyway, there's a lot but, of like, what, to what, it. What's his shtick? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, can yeah. you tell me about the way in which he goes about his role? Mm-hmm. And is he a sort of, you know, heads down, bum up, you yeah. know, gets shit done? Mm-hmm. Um, does he deliver on promise? Does he always go over and above? Oh, I need or? to tell you. So I worked for this gym and this is when I was probably 17 and there was this guy who was the manager there. Bit of a slime ball. He was okay. <laughs> mm. Bit of How a bogan. He ended up completely ripping off this gym, taking cat, telling people, go down to the ATM, get some cash out, you know, do a good deal on this membership. Oh, shit. Pocketing the cash. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Worked out that he was the one doing it. Cops were after him. Mm. He went for a job and he put the fucking gym as a reference. Really? Oh, yeah. dear. And the gym got a phone call because you got to put somewhere uh-huh. – and he's like, oh, they won't call. He must have been thinking <laughs> about this. Come, they called. It was like, hey, just wanting to understand about this guy. Blah blah blah. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> We're <laughs> after him. Where is he? <laughs> can, we, can we come get him? Yeah. I tell you who did, who has done an absolutely shocking job at their um, personal brand, Mister Ninety Seven. Love him to pieces. Ninety Seven. When he um when he first him himself short. Well, no, I'll I'll <laughs> give you the. I, I shouldn't have. Now I've pr- done a presupposition. Where Take did that. you learn? But you say presupposition a lot. Where did that even come yes, from? Yes, but I, so I've already tainted her mind that yeah, he's no, got a shit person. Why do you brand. say it's like? Where's it was when I was doing my coaching course. Let's punch in, guys. Yeah, in my coaching course, um, the coaching institute when I was 20. Did they say that presupposition? There was, well, it's just talking about presupposition. So it could yeah. be a, like a manipulative technique, yeah. right? So like I've, in, I've influenced you to now think that he's got a shit personal brand. Mm. Where you could actually do it for the worst, yeah. you know. You could encourage. or you could, mm-hmm. So there's multiple ways sure. of using Celebrate it. Right? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so in the car last night, my wife's listening to an old podcast of ours with Jordan Evans. Were you yeah. in the car? I just got in and I had to shut it off. She's like, no, I needed to show you this. And it was one of the first episodes where I mentioned Mr. 97. He, did, he did didn't you... have the name Mr. 97. I just yeah. said this young bloke oh, okay. has reached yeah. out to me. And the title of the email was, I work for free. Mm-hmm. And you do some do, due diligence. The, the kid has nothing online. Didn't even have an Instagram profile. I don't even. Did he you have tra- a LinkedIn there, mate? Tried to stalk him, but I tried no to stalk joy. him. Just nothing. Mm. He's never had a job before. Wouldn't have been able to get a reference. Like, I mean, if that's your starting, like an alien. He, it was an alien. <laughs> but maybe that was a conscious decision. Yeah. Of Mr. Was it? I mean, he can speak for himself. He does talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I found it. I found it hard and sort of weird to develop a personal brand. It just felt weird doing it at that age. I mean, like. I didn't want to intentionally. It was last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't yeah. want to intentionally like put out stuff. I just felt like coming out of school, it was, 
it was okay to not have anything there. It was yeah. it was like a good starting point to be able to start building on, and so I think that's fair. Because cool. there's, well, there's a I brand think, in saying you less, out, you th- but no, I think you luck out though. I think, well, but for, for as if so, like, were you inherently um, skeptical because you couldn't find well, anything, or well, a little yeah, bit concerned? on that on that thing? I said he could just be a suck of my time, which. Some could say he still is. No, no, he's lovely, but he's he's flourished <laughs> under our guidance. <laughs> but, no, but I, th- yeah, I think you go. Well, if 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 you if that is your approach to try and get work, mm. and mm. I think there's probably ways that you could just increase. And it's not, hey, let's just do a, a resume. Here's my resume. Mm. Yeah. Like I'd be more inclined to hire someone that doesn't send a resume, sends a nice, thoughtful email. Yeah. Uh, referencing things that we may have done because we're narcissists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. done the research. Yeah, but yep. also, you know, someone sends a video, just doing something that's slightly yeah, yeah, different. Yeah. So yep, there's yep. a memorable. I mean, it's amazing mm. that he's here. <laughs> I mean, no, what, what do you so think? So what you, was the hook? Uh, the freebie. <laughs> no, but he, he comes you in. On the, yeah. He knew his audience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What I did, what I think I did do though, is I gave a human a chance. Speaking to someone, I had a coffee with him. Yeah. Even though he didn't drink anything, because he yeah. still never drinks coffee or hot chocolate. Yes, bu- hot chocolate. Well, sometimes. we bully him into drinking hot chocolate. No, I ask you when you say yes. You like the hot chocolates, don't you? Yeah, occasionally. Yeah, he just doesn't want them all the time. For the so audio. superbly malleable. Yeah, yeah, but he. But I met him, and I was just like, and then I gave him. A, you know, he came mm. in, and we did stuff, and I just mm. saw the the potential in him. Mm. But how do you see that? So I think there's a lesson in it for a lot of people coming out of school. That mindset, I'm coming out of school, what have I got to offer? Well, you've got 18 years of life and there has to be something in there. It doesn't have to be job. You don't have to have worked at all these, you know. Because it's not actually, you're right. What what you're saying is it doesn't have to be specific to your Mm -hmm. capabilities. It can Mm -hmm. just show your creative process and the way your mind works. Mm -hmm. So anything that would have celebrated you as an individual and shown that you had mm. taken the consideration. Oh, no, sorry. He did say, I've given him no credit oh. here. He did come up with a few ideas for me. Remember oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember what he, were the ideas? Oh, shit house. But <laughs> <laughs> no, what, name one. Do you remember one of them? Uh, I think I think I said more content around like uh, similar stuff to like rejection therapy. Okay. That sure. sort of stuff. But he did actually put forward a few ideas. Mm-hmm. We should just make those videos. I've got a... I could find those emails. Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, what's what's uh, for a nice series? Yeah, Belinda, what's your thought on younger people who are coming up? They might not even have the traditional job path of being an employee somewhere. I'm curious as to your perspective around meeting with clients, yep. having a coffee with them. What's actually what is going through your head in those moments? Is it because I know for me, I'm constantly you know, first impression, thinking yeah. about that sort of stuff. Yeah. How much, what, what are you, what boxes are you ticking in your head when you're meeting someone for the first time? I want to know their story. Mm-hmm. Um, I always want to know the why. Yeah. I'm like why, so firstly, why did you start this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about prospective clients. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, what I'm also curious about is there's those questions, yeah. but do you have an internal monologue on yourself and how you're like because you're a brand oh, person. Yeah, of course. Of course. Like I, I think about like uh like I was even thinking about the Seth Godin chat that we we had when we were in New York. And I was like, one thing I learned from Tommy is when someone like uh, like he asked, Oh, do you want a tea or a coffee? And I said, Oh no, like my default is always like, no, thank you. Sure. And Tommy said yes. 
and then it was great. Like he had the mug and it was the great etiquette. and all sort of things. Yeah, and I was like, and I was like, oh, that was that was one thing where it's like my default was no, but there's something in like, oh, okay, like yeah. if I had done that, yeah. that could have been a better experience. So I think it's always a, a balance between um, and look, I had it this morning, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I was like, do I put boots on? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Come on. I mean, the guy's pretty casual. Yeah. Are I'm you wearing boots? I don't sneakers. know. What you, Sorry, I went back great. to sneakers. It's perfect. They're cool. um, Nike sneakers. I was sneakers. just, it's, it's okay. Um, but then part of it was also like, oh, get a bit more energy, put your heels on. It's all right, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, but there's questions. Firstly, know your audience mm-hmm. always. Okay. So is it a corporate gig? Who is this person I'm meeting with? Are they a CEO? They're in like an executive brand client. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's free. It, uh, it's a given. Say yes to Seth. That's, That's it. To say yes to Seth. That's it. So what are we going to do? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I still, I, I get what you're saying, but the idea of Seth making me a tea it's in that great. moment, so I know, friendly. but it was a, yeah. But I rejected it. I rejected it. I regret it. Now he can't say, I drank Seth's tea. I know. But also the mugs are all quirky and shit too. There was a story behind the mugs. But, um, could have taken a mug. Yeah. I, know, I could have taken a mug. It is, I love that thinking though. If you mm. said yes to that, it would have, yeah, because that's how we ended up talking about the mugs. Yeah. And so there's everything, every. There's something we can do to be open to opportunities. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, like I'm the sh- a shocker with it. Like I have built stories around going up and paying for shit. Like if I'm uh, out to somewhere with Brie, my girlfriend, like, she normally, like, I can't right. be fucked with dealing, especially if it's a yeah. group situation. Yeah. I'm just sort of like, I'm here. I, do, I don't like big group mm. situations anyway. So the least you can do is sort out this clusterfuck. Like, okay. It's, my default has always been, I'll just pay or I'll over, like, whatever yeah, the thing yeah, is. Yeah. But all of those things, like, they're running through everyone's 100%. minds. And so yeah. I guess that's part of it is like, we do hear the, you know, what you need to be asking them and all that sort of thing. But how do, Maybe not tame, but how do you work with the internal monologue of yourself and your self-image and what you're presenting? So my, yeah, it is absolutely that sweet spot between going, okay, I've got to, mm. I've got to present in the right way mm. for the audience, okay? So, yes, first impressions matter. So be respectful enough to carry yourself in a way that looks like you've actually dressed like you give it mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah. Um, I was so close to shaving my neck beard today as well. <laughs> and I was like, I was literally right, like. I didn't wear my boots. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, we're going perfect casual here. It's actually yeah, worked yeah, out well. Yeah, it's yeah. like I said yes to the tea. That's yeah. the sort of rapport we've got from my neck beard. I'm mildly offended, <laughs> but anyway. Um, so, yeah, know your audience and your setting, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah. Um, more often than not, when I'm meeting someone for the first time, it is a pretty casual coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also am always telling myself, you just need to be yourself because if you're not yourself, you're not going to be able to communicate like you usually do. You're not going to be able to be free to actually engage in a proper conversation. But also I go into those meetings thinking, you know what, this isn't about me. Yeah, It's not about me. It's actually about me understanding the client or the potential client and learning about them and the opportunity just to have a really good conversation. Yeah. So I don't, I get excited by those meetings. I don't stress about uh-huh. them at all. I love having those conversations. And ultimately I think it's very much two-way mm. exchange. Mm-hmm. So if I don't like them, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take on the work. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm not engaged by what they're potentially taking on or if I'm not really thinking that they've got their shit together mm-hmm. or, you know, so I think it's it's a two-way exchange, yeah. absolutely. Um, 
I need to get myself in a spot where I am feeling free to be me Mm -hmm. um, in order to open myself up to a proper conversation. But that is ultimately my key goal in those first meetings is about building trust. Mm -hmm. And you can't build trust with someone without having a proper, genuine um, connection Mm -hmm. and therefore authentic, open conversation. So you don't want to go in with too many objectives. (laughs) You just want the conversation to roll naturally um, and to provide them a comfortable forum for sharing their story because ultimately, you know, they've worked more often than not really hard at whatever it is they're sharing with you Um, and they love talking about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like in some ways you're far far along in the journey in regards to like you've got the luxury of you understand yourself, you you understand your self-worth based on you've got experience and a bunch of – Stuff on your web, like Proof we can, points. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so there is a huge. I've even noticed having the podcast before having the podcast versus now. Yeah, there's a certain posture that I can go into meetings because it's like I'm not the person who's starting a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have one yeah. and we're doing it, and yeah. so there's a huge amount of confidence that actually I don't really think. In fact, about we've had stuff. 99 guests. Yeah, exactly. Mm. We've had 99 guests, and so that's that's a massive thing. If you were to if you were to think about it. Um, from that, you know, starting from scratch, starting from scratch, what is, what is that, uh, what does that look like? And what was the, some of the monologues in your head at the very beginning when it's like your first client out, because you've obviously done, made a bunch of mistakes to get to this refined mm. point. What were you obsessing over at the beginning? What was the, I think maybe, maybe that was part of, um, part of the magic. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, as I mentioned, when I first started, I, I really took that pressure off myself to develop a thing. Um, and I said for the first 12 months, just give, because I think maybe in my mind I sort of said it's a, it's a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's break between the next real job, mm-hmm. you know. So the first, and I said, just just try anything for the first yeah. 12 months. And that's a reframing or a perspective. 100%. Like a mindset. self-serving, yeah, a yeah, self-serving yeah. one. Yeah, which yeah. Not everyone. So I didn't on put that pressure on myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just was like, "Well, something comes of this. That's great." Mm-hmm. Um, that said, there were a lot of learnings in the first 12, 12 months, two mm-hmm. years, three years. Well, you know, you still learn, but around how to price yourself, yeah. you know, and not cheapen what you're offering, mm-hmm. and not, you know, deliver too much over and above um, every time. And I'm still learning that. Um, and you just continue to do that, you know, throughout your business. You guys will know that running your own business and working on pricing and, and what's right and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think it was because I t- did take that pressure off myself for the first 12 months. But if there was going to be some advice, I think it, it is around, you know, and that rings true to anyone that's thinking about their brand is if, again, going back to that original conversation, what do I want to be known for mm-hmm. and what do I want people to come to me for? What are my proof points? Like I can't just go in there and say I'm an expert on X without mm-hmm. actually having the proof to back it up. So you need to think about, you know, what is it that, um, well, what are the reasons that people can trust you and why should they trust you with their story and what are you going to bring that's different from the other guy that's going to come and have coffee next week? Mm-hmm. Um, so whether that is, you know, the way you make someone feel or the work that you've done or the way um, other people talk about you or the way your website just rocks. Um, there's got to be something that is your thing, you know. Yeah. What do you do if 
the thing that people want to talk about or know, like want to apply to you yeah. isn't the narrative or the brand that you want. So, for instance, say if you were like, you know, I had seven and a half years mm. at two times you. Yeah, right. But actually like that was not me or that's different. That actually that's that bit of the story. I don't want to be my story anymore. Mm. How can we can we change that if if brand is what you know people are saying about us when we're not there or you know the promises we make whatever it is how how can we how can we adjust that story? Well, it's interesting because I think um who was the quote um there's there's a there's a quote around you shouldn't you should never be the former someone mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um I, I really liked that I think it was you know you you got to be careful about holding on to prior narratives or things that you did previously yeah. like it's well what are you doing now you know, well that's even with the athletes with well even mm. we had craig bruce on who was one of the um highest uh content people in the country in radio and that's what i found which was like i can see his uh where he's going now mm. is really exciting mm. but also there is that thing of when you have done phenomenal things that might be just in a different field that yeah. then has that like it's very hard. Yeah. Um, well, you've done something that worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Once. you think, yeah, yeah. But then you hold on to that because you think it's going to leverage the next thing. But you don't even hold on. I guess the the risk is that it's it can serve you to talk about it. Def- so f- yeah, yeah, yeah. So for instance, you could get uh, other lycra brands for sure based on hey, I that pedigree. Uh, yeah, I'm the two times you person, and so. That can serve, but Glo- that can global serve, person. Yeah, that, Glo- I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> exactly. yeah. And so that, that can be that can serve for sure. But it's also um, can also be a pain in the ass when you just want to be doing other other things. Yeah, I think you've got to you know let people talk about it if they want to talk about yeah. it, um, and definitely bring bring some experience to the table where it where it's relevant. Mm. Um, but it does come back to relevance, you know. So if I'm talking with someone that um, has got a tampon company or a chocolate bar company or um, who works in B2B, not mm-hmm. even B2C. So consulting, for example, um, you know, what I say about that is, and I do, I work with a lot of different clients, um, you know, whether they are in retail or FMCG right through to consulting and B2B, um, the principles of branding still apply mm-hmm. at every point. You know, ultimately it's about um, working out what makes a brand or an individual unique and different um, and then understanding how to communicate that to audiences that matter to them. So it's a basic formula. Yeah. Um, and whether you're applying it to a person or a brand and whether it's a B2C or a B2B, it's still the same same principle. Mm. So quality branding is quality branding. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to do. Like, Because well, there's so many about, touch points as well. Well, like, if, you, yeah. well if you think about... So you've got personal brand or a brand mm. and you've got Apple, you think Steve Jobs, Virgin, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Boost, Janina. Like mm. so you've got personal brands wrapped up within. Yeah, the, those parallel brands we're talking about. The, mm. So the parallel brands is do you need to have a parallel brand? To support if, the main brand. To support the main brand. like As in does every CEO need to be known? Yeah, I mean like um, Jules Lund who's on tomorrow's show. He's the founder of Tribe. He's a, mm. a the face of it, essentially, mm. whether he likes mm. it or not. Mm. But then, so the, a lot of the successful brands do have, have the parallel yeah. brand, well, have yeah. a face of it. Yeah. Look at Apple. I, look at Apple when it comes to so brand from a brand perspective. 
design and aesthetic is important. Mm. Unfortunately for them, that's connected with Johnny Ive, who's announced that he's left. See you later. And so those type, I guess that's where brands, and we've even heard this from businesses, uh, uh, we're wary of investing in X, Y, and Z people within the business because they've got a two-year, co- they're out the door in mm-hmm. this this amount of time, which I think is, I mean, what other options, what other options yeah, do you have? we're all free agents. Yeah. I think not every CEO needs to be um, a public brand mm-hmm. alongside or a founder, et cetera. I mean, a lot of brand brand founders say, look, I don't want to talk about myself. It's actually about the brand and it's about the product, especially at the start. Um, and they don't feel comfortable with pu- pushing their own agenda and et cetera, et cetera. I think it only becomes a problem if their brand is significant and public and it's not complementing the main brand. Mm. So if it's in conflict with the main brand, that's a real problem. Mm. Um, and it would obviously not serve, to, you know, serve um, serve the main brand. So well, I think early days of a brand to to even make connection with somebody, you know, people follow people, right? Yeah. And so it's it, it it's an easier play to make immediate connection. You could say mm. just based on saying hi, I'm a human versus hey, I'm a cup company. Mm. Well, mm. if it's about creating a feeling, yeah, it seems to be easier making it. I think it's with happening more and, and more. Yeah. And I, I and I think it is also around this startup thing. Yeah. Is that everyone likes to have a startup story? Yeah. So why did you do this? And quite often there's a career pivot story in mm-hmm. there. So there's a narrative, and there's mm. you know this is what I learned from my previous role, and this is what I bring to you know to this new venture that I'm doing. And well, it's a way to articulate. So if a bot business is Humanize a, it. A, a problem solver, mm-hmm. you know, so I look at Jules, he's a great example. Yeah. It, Tribe was born out of uh, a thing that he saw, a problem that mm-hmm. he saw and mm-hmm. he wanted to solve. And mm-hmm. so it's a great way to articulate and make connection. And Definitely. I guess he's a great example of someone who <clears throat> was talking to us about being in meetings with VCs and it's, He's not getting the respect because the pers- his personal brand doesn't actually connect with those people. So yeah. the guy who yeah. was on TV might be really exciting for some people. Yeah, yeah, Other people yeah. see it as a liability. Yes, um, which I think so is really is, interesting. Exactly, and there is risks. Yeah. Absolutely, risks. And I think a lot of people, um, you do need to be careful because it does turn. There's, there's been several examples of um, when it comes to selling. For example, mm. so well, you know, people don't like people as well. So yeah, yeah. So they yeah. Don't like the like, founder, I'm not going like, to buy the product exactly. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. for me. I don't like the way they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of, I'm I'm a big um, girl fan of Zoe Foster, Zoe Foster Blake, mm. and what she's done. Firstly, um, I think <clears throat> GoTo skincare is phenomenal success story. Um, again, it's built on brand. Mm. You know, hundred percent built on brand. Incredibly competitive category, um, cosmetics, and to to be that successful um, with 100% online play in in a market like that, um, but obviously noting that she's got so much else going on. You know, she's she's not just the wife of, mm. um, and she never was absolutely. Mm. She's an incredible writer, author, um, you know, founder of GoTo Skincare. She's got a lot of different pillars to her brand and a lot of different um, touch points. Um, but that's such a powerful example of someone that is. Um, incredibly um, well managed, but also not in a way that it comes across as managed. Mm-hmm. You know, hugely authentic, incredibly witty, funny, smart, um, 
And that's what people connect with is mm. someone that just feels like they're just doing it. You know, there's no kind of marketing machine behind it. There's no thought or there's no strategy. Yeah. It's just flowing. Yeah, well, I mean, Zoe's great because she's, she's a great taste maker who is really good at recommendations as well. Mm. Mm. And so it's like if you've got a brand, you can't, you can't just be pushing your brand. And so I guess that is the beauty of yeah. what she's doing as well is – She's back. curating, she's finding. There's like she's um, spoken about Hey Tiger where Brie works a bunch of times where it's not paid. Yes. It's literally like I yes. love this product. Yes. And there's a huge that amount was another, of. another another yeah. brand on my list for yeah. sure. And, that's, and I guess that's like a huge thing which is like when you can, you know, you are being a curator and building a community that's mm. beyond mm. just the thing that you're trying to sell as well. But, and your community is an absolutely like that's part of your proof point, mm-hmm. you know. Who are you going to surround yourself with? with yeah and again whether that's an individual um or a brand it's like who's going to be your brand allies mm-hmm. you know in a similar way to um you know you say to say to a brand okay well who would you do a cross promotion with who's going to be in your lineup of other appropriate brands that are in your brand family that would make sense to your community or your audience or your customer mm. to go oh that does make sense yeah. you know I, I it's still something i'm working at but brand you need audience. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, I mean, you can have a brand with no audience, but it doesn't really it doesn't really sell. do much. Yep. It's not going to sell anything. Yeah. Yep. You can theorize and strategize an audience yes. for who you are and what you do and what you offer. But from this podcast, starting to see an audience, mm-hmm. you don't truly understand until it's there. And I think that's where it's like you can intuitively get to a certain point, but then it's just this, once you've got that feedback system, mm-hmm. it's like constantly just going, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. How, why, yeah. what are they, who are they, what is yeah. it? Yeah. And so the so amount who, of conversation. Who are the Gronks? Oh, mate, you're one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, know that, <laughs> I think it's a, a great question. It's something that the beauty of being a, a daily podcast is that we can sort of move the levers around mm. and see who's responding and who's reacting. Well, the word Gronk, why, yeah. why have we even, why do we even get there? Yeah. Because yeah. I love the word. And then for some reason, I think it, re- people sort of, it just sort of yeah. Well, work, I think right? if you were to, if you were to deconstruct it. I think it's really helpful for you guys though, because it's kind of a persona. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of, well, it's something, it's good for banter, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's something, well, it helps you. Justify understand that it's real, right? Mm, yeah. You know, so there's, yeah, there is a, there's yeah. a Gronk, yeah. um, Gronk squad, <laughs> yeah. if yeah. you like, not a tribe. Yeah. Nah. 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 Yeah. Well, we even thought like initially the funny thing is we talked about like, and we mentioned it on the show, which is part of our, if you were to think of our brand filters, it's like we talk about like we're very meta. Yeah. So the fact that we're even talking about <laughs> yeah. this as a thing, but it was like uh, are we uh, team Gronk? Or Gronk Squad, mm-hmm. and then we landed on Gronk Squad. Yeah. But the thing was that it's, I think part of it is the beauty of the word Gronk, <laughs> if we can have that for a moment, is that I think everyone has things about themselves that is universally not that. Uh, bit gronky. Yeah, a bit gronky, exactly. <laughs> bit gronky. So we all have to describe that, right? <laughs> yeah. We all have yeah. it. And so the thing is that it's like we know that we have these gronky personalities and yeah. traits. Yeah. And so I guess what does that bring in? That brings in people who don't Can we take tease the, that out a bit? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I think, tell, so me, tell me about the Gronk traits. Well, there could be relatability. We all make decisions that affect others and we do it for personal reasons. Like, for instance, if I don't decide to wash this cup, yeah. sure. just leave it there. 
and I just it's not my problem. I guess it's a it's a it's a gronk move. But the thing is that a gronk move on its own. Uh, is that you not shaving? Yeah, exactly. That's that's a gronk move. But there's heaps of things where it's like. And do you any- know what? The job application. Look, I will. Yeah. I will just <laughs> point out one of, the, one of the biggest gronk moves here. Have I misspelled something? <laughs> what have I done? Berliner. That <laughs> 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 was gronk it. Move. <laughs> How long have you been holding on to that? I'm, I'm going to take the, that with uh, me, the, and I'm going to put it at my desk at home. A, and you know the funny and thing. And I'm going to go. I'm going to go number ninety-nine. <laughs> the, the thing is that. I never write. I never write notes, and you rattle me because the thing is, they talk about Gronk moving. So offended. No. Yeah, it's called. This is called. I've got Belina. Uh, this is called the Gronk backpedal. Yeah. <laughs> Great. No, but the, no, but I think that part of the negative. I think that with within the Gronk stuff, it's like we all have a little bit of negative self-talk, or we yeah. all know a little. That, yeah, that we mm. all have shit that that isn't right. And so by having a way. We're all a bit gronked up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we have a way of talking about it now and it's actually like. Yeah, you've got a, a vernacular. Yeah. You and get us with our flaws and everything. I think yeah. that's why we yep. talk yeah. about these gronk things gronks that we do. Yeah. Yeah, gronks and all. seriously. And so, yeah, I think that, that that definitely plays into it. Because you could go, oh, you're an idiot for doing that. But it's like, oh, whatever. It's gronk moves. The funny thing is. Everyone does that. Everyone does that. I guess part of it too is most people, do, most gronk moves happen when no one's watching. Yeah. And so like our bill, and so part But you of guys right here, right now, like this is a conversation around distilling what your special sauce is. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is the stuff that you try in a workshop to get people to articulate. And you know that as soon as you drop that little nugget and you're like, oh, there they go. They've yeah. gone crazy. Yeah. Like there's there's the brand. Because we've right had there. so many ideas. Like we've mm. thrown out so, mo- mm. so many different words and stuff yeah. that just doesn't yeah. stick. Yeah. And I guess it's you talk a lot about consistency mm-hmm. and I guess that's part of it, which is like. We're consistently growing. Yeah, exactly. But there is a consi- when it's consistently coming up, mm. that's what the brand start- stuff it's, starts yeah. to become. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so I'm pretty sure that like the someone called like an audience member probably called themselves a gronk in an email. Yeah. Which then triggered us to be like, oh, well, you're a gronk and you're a gronk. Like it started being yeah. like, oh, you know, yeah. so I think it's it's definitely interesting. But the funny, the th- funny thing on branding, which I think that – Tommy and I are always talking about it, even as a team, is it's like you can't have it. There is a stage where you aren't, like you know where you want to be, yeah. but you're not there yet. Mm. And so, and I think that for- Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at the Iron Man or whatever. Yes. Yeah. The, um, yeah. On the two times you jet. <laughs> Snow jet. Can we get that as a snippet of you talking about the jet? Uh, the- no, but I think that there is. You really um, brought that into my narrative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just private jets and two times two. No, I think there is a. Um, uh, what the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> yeah. I was. I was oh, onto, you was a, you want to be something? Oh, yeah, but you're exactly. Not there yet. Yeah, and so I think that part of it is for us. We've got certain things dialed in. Yeah. But we've got other things that we're still working on. So, for instance, the the reason that we haven't had heaps of guests is because I mean, ninety nine's a fair few. It is but a few guests in our new space. Yeah. And we, I, and we, say, I mean, ninety nine's a bit special. Well, we yeah, are, exactly. I reckon we Absolutely. could have had triple the amount if we two, we two, could have two times this. Yeah. Well, I guess part the of guests. it part of it is that we're selective. We, I like that. Mm. I well, that. it's yeah. I think part of it too is it's like we um. Uh, when we don't like you've you've gotten to see us in the Bronx area, where, yeah, where we're not where we want to be in regards to how we interact with guests. We mm-hmm. want to be having it set up so that it's like there's like we haven't got fucking release form. We need release forms at some point. We need yeah. to be thinking about all these different touch yeah. points where it's yeah. like it's 
unsexy. Still, but work, it's like, we're still working out. Yeah, having a map, being like, hey, this is where you're yeah. going, do all yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. It's all, and so there is a. I envision a video of Mr. 97 presenting. Hey, this is the car park. You yeah. just call us. You will come in here. Come up. Yeah. And we run him up the stairs. And here's our studio. <laughs> we wanted to get, get 97 coffee, up. Toilet, He's producing like a boss. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so there is, and there is that. Th- so I guess it's interesting with the the brand stuff because yeah. how do you package that all up? Yeah, and I think we all know internally w- what we need to do, mm. but it's overwhelming to try and do everything at one time. Yeah, and so part of it is just ticking off little bits, For sure. you know, and, For sure. and make, making that work. Yeah, um, and letting that journey play out. For yeah. sure. Um, I, yeah, it's working out what stuff you're going to harness and go, we don't want to lose that mm-hmm. and we want to dial it up yeah. and let's package mm-hmm. it up and let's make that, let's formalise it yeah. um, and make sure it goes nowhere versus let's just crack on and mm-hmm. kind of just keep, keep it going and flowing and finding our feed and, you know, all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. and so I guess, yeah, it's what's, what's optional at the beginning and, mm. and what do we need to, like, what is that non-negotiable? Mm. Uh, you are the am- one of the ambassadors for future women. Mm. What is it? What, what's it about? So Future Women is a really a powerful community um, of, you know, set up essentially um, by an incredible woman called Helena Cabe. So mm. she's former, we didn't talk about former, um, <laughs> executive editor of Australian Women's Weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the platform was set up to help women connect, um, learn and lead. Um, and essentially it's, it's a national uh, platform um, and it's got a whole lot of content, um, events set up to help keep women come together to share stories, um, and to really share expertise and to help upskill each other, um, and to provide a space where, you know, they are safe and empowered and not just, just, just women, men can come along to these mm-hmm. events, um, but to really start to close that gap around, um, you know, opportunities for women, um, creating opportunities for women to be um, more confident and freer um, and freed up to to really start to step into their capability and their, um, you know, we talk about capability and confidence, um, you know, in order to succeed, mm. which is a very similar proposition to Career CEO. Um, the reason why um, Andrew and I have started to work with them is that Carissio has been appointed an executive education partner mm. of um, Future Women, which is really, really exciting. Um, and as part of that, uh, we'll be working with um, future women on, you know, a, a robust program, which is all about um, building reputation capital and learning how to communicate with uh, confidence and authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really steps right into, um, you know, what we've been talking around. Um, you know, it's not just good enough to be highly capable um, at your role that's only going to get you so far in mm. terms of your technical expertise, but what's really going to kick you over the line or really going to make sure that you fly into that next um, that next kind of chapter and level is going to be your art, ability to articulate um, mm. the work or to, to really shine light on the great work that you're doing and the great individual that you are and the great expert that you are um, is, is going to be able to articulate and advocate for yourself mm. um, and to stand up in front of a room um, and to be able to hold a room, um, uh, you know, we've all been in those rooms, um, you know, that you have a speaker there and they just, they're magic, you mm. know, they captivate a room and they um, have that, you know, special um, special charisma, I mm. suppose, or, or a shtick where you're like, oh, wow, I can't, 
I probably can't even tell you exactly what they said, but they just held me. Like I could tell they were living and breathing what they were talking about. Um, and it's all about um, saying, okay, we want more we want more women at the top to be able to lead and inspire and engage audiences and to influence and to lead that next generation. Um, we know capability is not the issue here. Mm. It's actually about um, supporting more women or equipping more women to be able to um, level up through stepping into their capability. Is, yeah. it, is it a different toolkit than if you were a dude trying to do the same thing, do you think? Um, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. I just think, um, well, not I just think, but the science um, has, has done the work around um, women, you know, there's a few different reasons, but genetically mm. um, we don't have the genetic makeup that men do in terms of um, the confidence. Mm -hmm. um, so we have less testosterone. Um, we, we generally um, will will not bring our voice to the table as much as men um, if they're, you know, sort of 60% sure they can get something done, they'll probably just say, oh, yeah, I'll give it a go. Mm -hmm. Whereas women have to generally be 90 to 95% sure of themselves mm. that they're going to get it done There's done well before they'll actually say, I'll do it. There's a lot of that 60% happening in the office and I can tell you, yep. <laughs> we get a lot of shit wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's that difference between going actually yeah. – I'm just going to crack on and get it done mm. or give it a shot. Or um, Brene Brown has a fantastic term, um, which is all about embracing a shitty first draft. Mm -hmm. um, mm. And it's about being um, being open to be vulnerable and getting it wrong and um, not, not trying to feel like you have to be perfect at every opportunity or that things have to be finished or that – you're 100% right for that next role or that you're 100% right to take on that particular task or that project mm. um, is just just to just to push yourself forward a little bit more yeah. and to get yourself into situations that might be a little bit uncomfortable but know that you are just as ready as the person or maybe the guy or yeah. maybe the girl mm -hmm. um, next to you that's just putting their hand forward. So yeah. it's, a, it's a confidence thing. It's trying to... A lot of it is, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's... I think it's really, I think it's interesting mm. because it's definitely even if you look at how many guests we've had on our show and how many have been women, it's like it's, I find that at the moment they're like we're, we're doing a bunch of work to try and, you know, seek out, well, yeah, 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 shift yeah. it out, yeah. but in an authentic in an authentic way that doesn't feel, I guess, the concern. Tokenistic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, and so that's part of it too, which is like we don't necessarily talk about it because we, we don't want it to feel like that it's is contrived. A, that it's yeah, contrived yeah. Mm. or that it's even well, that's driving yeah, the motivation. That's driving well, I think the like naturally I'm having more conversations Let's with blokes. Like I'm having like with my friends yeah. and I think yeah. it's like married to a woman and mm. yeah. there are things within relationships. I think it's just, you know, men and women, yeah. Yeah. you know, if you're hanging out with a heap of chicks and you've got a girlfriend, mm. there's a chance you'll be like going, well, what's going on there? Mm. Mm. Not saying anything's happening yeah. but I, I think it's probably – that's a thing in itself growing up where you gravitate towards the same sex. Yeah. And I have done that. And that's where we see it with this show. It's like most of the people we have on are probably in conversation with them anyway or something. Mm. And then you, you're through, you know, uh, through Andrea, mm. who was mm. someone that we were in contact with. Mm. And then it's like, but so it's a confidence do. thing, but I think it's a confidence thing as well. So the confidence thing yeah. leads to, they don't go on to as many podcasts. Mm. And so then when we're seeking out people and we're like, have they been on a podcast before? Like all of those metrics yeah, don't yeah, end yeah. up playing into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so then it's like, that's, I think if we were to look at the numbers, 
the women that we've had on the show. Or the narrative that's gone before is not going to be a good. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And so I guess part Mark of it is like the amount of women we've had on the show that it's their first time ever being on a podcast is really mm. high. And so I guess part of it is Amen. we've realised that. Is this your first time? That's it. Oh, mm. Congratulations. Thank Welcome. You. Thanks, guys. Uh, I mean, I think that that's part of it too, right? Which is like mm. we can't use that as the, if we use that as a metric. Yeah. We're unconsciously yeah, going to yeah. be cancelling out a heap yeah. of awesome yeah. barrier to entry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you're right, and you know, one of the biggest insights that we always share with, um, you know, a lot of the work that we do around career CEO facilitation is that con confidence is absolutely context specific. Mm -hmm. So it's not to say that some people are confident and they're the confident people, and we put them in the corner. Yeah, um, and it is. The fact that, you know, we all have times where, you know, we always ask people around the room in, in workshops and so forth, like, when do you feel most confident? Let's do yeah. it, Mr. 97. When, when do you feel most yeah. confident? When do you feel most confident, Mr. 97? Uh, yeah, probably just when I'm with my best mates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, 3D Deal? When I know that I can control the outcome of a situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you've got all the information, you yeah. feel like completely well briefed in, you, you yeah. feel comfortable, yeah, Absolutely. ready to handle situation. I think... So we've all got that within us, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the capability to feel confident. It's about, okay, well, how do we harness the conditions for being able to bring that to life more often? And how do we kind of practice that more? Mm. Um, so where are women more confident? Like could they reference another part of their life and say, hey, when you're in this scenario, try and bring that to. Well, so a lot of them say, um, and again, it's not just women, like mm -hmm. men obviously have um, confidence challenges as well, um, and not all men are confident. Um, but more often than not, people say, oh, okay, well, I feel great when I walk in through the door when I get home, mm -hmm. you know, put my Ugg boots on and, you know, I'm cooking dinner with my family. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a space where they feel safe and that they feel like they can just be themselves. It's like, well, imagine if we can feel that free every time when we go to work, mm. you know, and it's, and it's quite – um, quite awful to think mm -hmm. so many people go to work each day feeling like they have to be something that they're not or feeling incredibly crippled by, um, mm -hmm. you know, norms or conventions or protocols or dress codes yeah. or gendered types or mm -hmm. roles or, you know, what they think is expected of them. But if they can move past that and understand that even the guy holding a room or doing that keynote or that woman doing the keynote who is able to hold the room and and looks like, you know, is so incredibly eloquent, she's probably also shit her pants before mm. she's come in mm. on the stage. Yeah, yeah. Like we all get that. Mm. Um, it's about going, okay, well, what's going to be my pre-performance ritual? How do I get this under control? How do I do my breathing? How do I, you know, do the power pose? Um, you know, what, what do I need to control the night before, the week before, what have you? Mm. Um, you know, even well-seasoned newsreaders, Jen Adams, who I work with a lot, she was 10 years at Channel 7. She she does keynotes, um, Andrea herself, et cetera. Everyone still gets nervous, mm. you know. That doesn't go away. Yeah. It's like yeah. Um, You can live stars. with confidence, right? You can, you can be yeah. confident and have nerves. Yeah. yeah. But it's about, you know, we all get butterflies. about how to yeah. actually, con you know, harness those butterflies to form in form formation. Well, that's Wine a, formation. It's not the signal to not do it. I guess that's part no. of it too, yeah. which yeah. is like can easily say that the anxieties we have mm. are, the, are the voices to say, no, this is not right. Yeah. This is like to, yeah. to stop doing it. That's it. Uh, I get Seth Godin talks about the dip and all that sort of thing. Mm. I think all like all of this comes down to reframing, mm. right? And so yeah. I guess that's part of. And retraining, yeah. like unlearning, you know, and shaking like bullshit narratives mm. as well. It's like, well, someone gave me this feedback three years ago and said that, 
you know, I was X. You know, mm. we get that a lot with yeah. the training that we're doing. It's like, well, I had this, um, yeah, I had, you know, a manager tell me three years ago that I, you know, was really bad at this mm. or that I had a tendency to do this. And <clears throat> quite often they hold on to that forever and that becomes their narrative. And it's like, well, okay, we'll change that. Yeah, um, well, I think there's there's, there's something in too around as a community or people doing stuff like being supportive of people having a crack as well. And like mm. I think a lot of people like um, the reason we do it more is because we we think we're good at it mm. and that comes from that confidence thing. Mm. And so I think what I've tried to do is point out you're really good at that. Yeah. You know, like yep, yep. especially – it's always because, one percenters. Yeah, because the thing is, it's like I don't ride a bike that much. I don't like I'm not inclined to climb on the roof. Tommy yes. is. Yeah. And part of it is it's because I don't do like that's not that's it's not I'm not yeah. so, that's not something yeah. I would do. Yeah. And so I guess that's interesting is it's like reframing those sorts of things where it's like half of what Tommy can do is based around his perception of his ability, like being able to light a fire. Yeah. He can just fucking like I can this is something I can do. Yeah. And I know that TJ, you'd mentioned a lot where it's like I've been, oh, I'm wired, like I'm wired to be able to do this or that. And I think that that is such a power, like there is a, a powerful thing in that in a, in a mindset where it's like, mm. yeah, I can do this. Mm. Yeah, I'm like I'm skilled at that. I'm good at math. And all yeah. of a sudden, you you start to do mm. the things that you need to do. Yes, to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what are you good at? Do you think? What am I good at? Um, I think. Well, I'm. I'm I'm an action based person. Mm -hmm. So when I say action, not like, you know, driving fast cars or anything. Um, I get a lot of shit done. Yeah. Like I'm 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 a finisher. Mm -hmm. Um I'm very much just a deliverer. So um You can help me with the Seth Godin book. I've got one night. <laughs> yeah. so this yeah. could be good. Um which can serve me but it can also not serve me mm -hmm. sometimes because I feel like I'm not um adding value or I feel very lost when I'm not doing a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um what am I good at? I, I'm good at, I think I'm generally good at building trust with people, mm -hmm. um, which is good given the line of work that I'm in. Yeah. And I think that that's why this next chapter of my career has come reasonably smoothly because I love a good conversation and I love, um, I love listening to stories and I'm inherently curious mm -hmm. about other people. Generally. You're a grunk. That's how you've described gronk. a gronk yeah. there. Belinda Wall, thanks for coming in. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get you on for uh, the the, uh, the second app, and we'll uh, we'll make the whole. When you come, there'll be a, we'll have Mister Ninety Seven dressed up as a. His brand will be to the yeah, mat. He'll have, he'll be dressed up as a butler. It is going to be so gronk. <laughs> that back wall is going to have like a gronk, you know, graffiti. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, gronk and, garage door. Uh, thanks yeah. so much. If people just search uh, brand amplified, they'll be able to That's it. find you. It's a daily talk show. Hi at thedailytalkshow.com is the email address. If you have uh, listened and watched, we do appreciate a screen grab, put it up on Instagram stories uh, to la tag you as well. What is brand amplified the best Instagram account to tag? It is. Okay, we'll do, do that. that. It's a daily talk show. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, guys. guys.